Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we're continuing our positional fantasy football analysis for the 2023 fantasy football season. And today we are doing our sell list at the wide receiver position. If you missed the buy list for the wide receivers or any of my analysis on running backs or quarterbacks, please look at the YouTube channel or scroll through the episode feed so you make sure you get all the analysis for all the positions before your fantasy football draft this season. Now, what does it mean to be on the sell list exactly? Well, first off, I'm calling it the sell list because, you know, all the fancy analysts, they got fancy names for, you know, their lists like love, hate, you know, like, dislike, you know, what? And so here at Mike's Money Picks, we got a little bit of a money theme going on. So we got buy or sell. So what does it mean to be on the sell list? Well, I have these players ranked lower than the consensus rankings at their position. I am not willing to draft these players at their current ADP, and I believe that they have a high chance of busting. Essentially, I am not drafting this, these guys unless they fall to me. So I don't use the term do not draft list because obviously I am willing to draft all these guys, but where they're at on my ranking. Not where they're currently being taken, but where they're at on my ranking. So uh, I want to be careful how I phrase that. That's why they are on the sell list because, you know, not calling it the do not draft list because I am willing to draft them at the right price. So anyway, if you want to see my full ranks and my full draft guide, head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Don't think that just because you see a guy on this list that I wouldn't draft some of these guys over um, some of the guys that are on the buy list. So consult my individual rankings for that and they are on the Patreon. All right, so enough with the introduction. Let's go ahead and get started with the first receiver that is on the sell list, and this is a big one. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. All right, so the first receiver on the sell list is Jamar Chase of the Cincinnati Bengals. See, you didn't see that one coming, did you? A little bit of a surprise there. So let's go ahead and talk about why. So like I said, this is not a do not draft list. I'm more than willing to draft Jamar Chase. Like, in fact, I'm willing to draft him in the first round. I'm just not willing to draft him where he's being drafted right now. That's the simple matter of the fact. So Jamar Chase's current ADP is number three overall, which ranks as the second wide receiver taken off the board. Important note, I am using Sleeper's ADP for redraft PPR leagues. So if your league is slightly different rules or on a different site, the ADPs might be a little bit different, but I'm just using Sleeper just to get a you know consistent basis that's reliable, um, you know, from a reliable source and a popular source um, so that we can you know kind of compare and contrast. So, like I said, I'm willing to take Jamar Chase. I'm willing to draft him. I'm willing to draft him as the fourth receiver off the board. I'm willing to draft him with the number nine overall pick. I'm just not drafting him with the third overall pick like people are apparently doing right now. So let's go ahead and break down the numbers on why. So Jamar Chase finished last year's wide receiver 11 overall, but that doesn't really tell the whole story because he missed five games. So he did finish his wide receiver four in fantasy points per game, and he finished his wide receiver five in fantasy points per game in 2021. So in his first two seasons of the league, he has never finished as a top three receiver in fantasy points per game, yet he is being drafted as the second receiver off the board, ahead of guys like Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, and Tyreek Hill, who have had those finishes in their time in the league. When we, you know, kind of compare and contrast in nitpick, you know, those are the guys I'm going to be comparing Jamar Chase against. People aren't drafting Jamar Chase over Justin Jefferson, but they are drafting him over Hill, Adams, and Cup. So I'm going to kind of make the case on why Jamar Chase should be behind those guys as opposed to ahead. So Jamar Chase does not see the same amount of volume as the other top two receivers like Adams, Cup, and Hill. In fact, Jamar Chase ranks sixth in the league in target share, 13th in target rate, and ninth in air yard share. So just the overall volume 
that you would like to see from your top, top tier receiver is just not there with Jamar Chase, largely because he's getting a lot of targets stolen from T. Higgins. Because when you look at the other top tier receivers, they don't have another solid wide receiver to alongside them like T. Higgins to kind of take away targets and just kind of whittle down the target share of Jamar Chase. Now, it's also important to note that Jamar Chase does not see the same amount of deep targets either. You know, we had 16 deep targets last season with an average depth of target of 9.2, which among the consensus top five wide receivers right now ranks as the fourth out of five ahead of only Cooper Cup. But we like what we know with Cooper Cup is that he just has an insane amount of volume. So with Jamar Chase, you're not getting the lucrative deep passes that you would get with a Tyree Kill or a Devontae Adams. And you're not getting the insane volume that you would be getting with a Justin Jefferson or a Cooper Cup. So why is he being drafted ahead of those guys? Another logical conclusion that I have drawn is that Jamar Chase just does not have the profile of a guy that I like to put on my fantasy teams personally. He has the profile of a guy that I want on my best ball teams, but not on my season-long fantasy teams. He is very boomer bust, and that has really panned out in each of the last two seasons. In 2021, he scored almost one-fifth of his season points, a 17-game season, in one game against Kansas City. Last season, he scored over 50% of his points in four games. He played in 12. He scored half of his points in four of them. So you're looking at a guy who just tends to have these monster weeks that he might win you the week that week, but he's not going to win you the week consistently week after week after week like you see from a Cooper Cup or a Devontae Adams or a Tyree Kill. So that is kind of why I have Jamar Chase as my wide receiver for it and why I have him on the sell list. Now, doing a bit of a deep dive. I did notice one thing. Jamar Chase didn't exactly bust as many games in 2022 as I initially thought. He did not score under 10 fantasy points in a game that he played in last season. So he did give you a solid floor as a wide receiver to build on. But I'm just not really confident in Jamar Chase's season-long ceiling when he has all these boom games. And then he's not getting consistently over the course of a full season the same volume or the same amount of deep targets that you can get from other guys that you can draft at the same position. So for that reason, I have Jamar Chase being drafted at the end of the first round and is the fourth receiver off the board as opposed to the number two or number three overall pick that he's being drafted at right now. And so that is why Jamar Chase is on the sell list. Second receiver on the sell list is Debo Samuel of the San Francisco 49ers. Debo's current ADP is 38 overall which ranks as the 16th receiver being taken off the board. I have a big gap in my rankings. I have him as my 27th ranked wide receiver and the number 56 overall pick in my rankings. And like I said, big gap. We're going to talk about why. So Samuel finished 2022 is wide receiver 38 overall and wide receiver 28 in fantasy points per game, which is not bad, but it's not where he's being drafted at. Now, it's also important to note that I think a lot of people are still hoping for 2021 Debo Samuel to come back, where he was a top five fantasy receiver for pretty much the entire course of the season. But I just don't think that's the case. In Debo's four seasons as a pro, he has scored 12.5, 11.5, 21.2, and 13.0 fantasy points per game. You tell me which one the outlier was because I think it's the 21.2 season that he had in 2021. The rest are all just about the same. And so I think it's a very real possibility that that's just the guy he is. He's not the 2021 Debo every year. I just don't think that's what he is. Now, another way of wording that 
is that when you look at his seasons in terms of rankings, he only has one season out of the four he's played where he finished as a top 25 wide receiver in fantasy points per game. Again, that 2021 magical season. In 2022, he also regressed to rock bottom in multiple categories. In 2022, he set career lows in targets per game, receptions per game, and yards per reception. Now, you know, to kind of do the old Brian Windhorst meme, why might that be? Well, Christian McCaffrey's addition to the San Francisco 49ers was a nail in the coffin of Debo Samuel's career as a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. After Christian McCaffrey was traded to the 49ers, Debo Samuel recorded one game over 14 fantasy points out of the seven that he shared the field with Christian McCaffrey. In fact, over the stretch since McCaffrey was traded, Debo Samuel was wide receiver 36 in fantasy points per game, and he was significantly out-targeted by fellow wide receiver Brandon Ayuk. The bottom line is 2021 Debo, you know, when they were using him in the backfield when they were running him on jet sweeps and screens and misdirection plays and just, you know, putting him all over the field and getting the ball in his hands. Yeah, they don't have to do that now that they have Christian McCaffrey. And so all that volume is gone. And with it just kind of came with it, you know, Debo Samuel's fantasy ceiling. So I just really think that the addition of Christian McCaffrey, you know, has changed Debo's career. He's not the playmaker all over the field that he was in 2021. And for that reason, Debo has found himself on my sell list for the 2023 season. The third receiver on my sell list is Drake London of the Atlanta Falcons, whose current ADP is 53.3, which ranks as the 23rd wide receiver being drafted on the board. I have him as my wide receiver 29, number 68 overall. Now, Drake London, as a rookie, didn't have a bad season by any stretch of the means. He had a season where he finished his wide receiver 31 overall and wide receiver 43 in fantasy points per game. But let's dive into the numbers a little bit, and there's some worrisome trends. So if anybody is hyping up Drake London, and heading into this season, they're hyping up how many targets he earned last year. Last year, London ranked 22nd among all wide receivers in total targets with 117, and he ranked fifth in target share at 29.4%. Psst, that's higher than Jamar Chase's was, if you remember that stat. So if we got a rookie receiver who's getting this many targets, well, why is he not projected to take a big leap in 2023? Well, the Atlanta Falcons last year ranked 31st in the league in total pass plays ahead of only the Chicago Bears, and they were dead last in pass rate over expectation, meaning even when they were trailing in games or they had third and long or second and long, they were in passing situations, they were still running the ball because that's what Arthur Smith does. And you know what Arthur Smith did in the offseason? He drafted Bijan Robinson, the best running back to come out of college in the last five years. Do you think that Arthur Smith's going to be prioritizing this passing game? No. Now, what that meant for London in 2022 is that London ranked 57th in routes run. So while he was the Falcons' number one wide receiver who was on the field almost all the time, there were almost an average of two wide receivers per team who ran more routes than Drake London did in 2022. So that volume that people hype up with his total targets, really, it's very volatile volume because if the Falcons aren't passing a whole lot, then he needs that much more of their passing game to be a viable fantasy wide receiver. If he's not getting to that 29.4% target share again this year, then he is going to be not good as a fantasy football player. And Kyle Pitts is back healthy. The Falcons have re retained the same quarterback in Desmond Ritter and Bijan Robinson can pass out of the backfield. I just, or can catch passes out of the backfield. I just don't like buying into a guy 
who is going to need this excessive volume from a low-volume passing offense to be a successful fantasy player. So for that reason, I'm kind of out on Drake London for the 2023 season, and he finds himself on my sell list. If you need any more backup on that, just look last year at teams that ran the ball a lot and where their number one wide receivers finished in fantasy. Go back and look at 2021, 2020 previously. Teams who run the ball a lot tend to not have top 10 to top 15 fantasy wide receivers. And so for that reason, I just, I'm out on Drake London. He's on the sell list for 2023. Next up is going to be Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints, AKA the Slant King. So Michael Thomas's current ADP is at 97 and he's coming off the board as the 43rd wide receiver. I have him ranked as wide receiver 59, 158 overall in my rankings. Personally, I would consider Michael Thomas off of my board in 10 team leagues. I'm not drafting him. He's a, you know, above that 150 threshold where most 10 team leagues have 15 players on their roster. So I just have no interest in drafting him in a 10 team league in a deeper league. You, you know, I would, consider him if he fell to me, but he's going to have to fall a considerable way considering there's a gap of 60 picks between where I have him and where his current ADP is. So Michael Thomas played in three games last season. And anybody who's championing Michael Thomas this season is going to point out that he averaged 17 fantasy points per game in those three games, which would have ranked as wide receiver nine for a full season. However, I think that those numbers are a little bit of fool's gold. First, because let's talk about his availability. Dating back to 2020, you know, back when COVID was happening. Boy, that seems like forever ago. Dating back to 2020, Michael Thomas has played in 10 total games in the last three seasons combined. It's about three per season. If you were to just look at that over the course of a 17-game season, that's playing in like a fifth of the games. So like 3.5 games on average. Like it's not good. Now, Michael Thomas was great in his first four seasons in the league. He averaged 9.6 targets per game in those first four NFL seasons, and he was a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy football in each of his first four NFL seasons. Last season, when he played, he only averaged 7.3 targets per game. So, Mike, how did he you know, have this 17 fantasy points per game total when he averaged two less targets per game? Well, he averaged a touchdown per game. He played three games, and he scored three touchdowns. So I think when you look back at what made Michael Thomas great back in his heyday, back in his prime, was he saw an insane amount of volume from a hyper-accurate quarterback on an offense that passed the ball a lot and scored a lot of points, right? So you got volume, quarterback, passing volume, scoring. Those are kind of the four things that you needed for Michael Thomas, right? Well, is the volume going to be there with Chris Olave and Rashid Shaheed and Juwan Johnson and Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt? I don't think so. Is the quarterback there? No, Drew Brees retired. Derek Carr is now the quarterback. Is the passing volume going to be there? I don't think so. This team was not a super pass-heavy team last year. And is the scoring going to be there? No, I, I don't think this is going to be one of the NFL's best offense. So the very delicate situation that Michael Thomas was in, that he needed to be a top-10 fantasy wide receiver, is not there anymore. So I have no interest in drafting him because I don't think he's going to return to that form. Now, if you look at what Michael Thomas does, he kind of needs that to be successful. He doesn't go deep. He's not like a super tall, big red zone target. And 
he's a guy that he's just going to need steady volume. He, you know, he's not a guy even like a Debo Samuel where you can run him on jet sweeps or throw screens to him or run like gadget plays to him. He's not that either. So he needs a high volume of short passes from an accurate quarterback in a good offense to score a lot of fancy points. And none of that is the case for him in New Orleans. So even if you overlook all of the health concerns from only playing 10 games in the last three seasons, I just don't think that we're going to see the same Michael Thomas at all. And so for that reason, he is on my sell list for the 2023 season. Next up is Lions wideout Jamison Williams. He's my fifth receiver on the sell list. His current ADP is 116.7, which ranks as the 51st wide receiver being drafted off the board. I have him as wide receiver 66 and the 180 overall player on my board. Big gap there again, right? Now let's deep dive why. So last year, Jamison Williams um, was a rookie. You know, he tore his ACL back at Alabama in the 2021 season. So he had a pretty lengthy road to recovery last year. He got active for the last six games. And in those six games, he was targeted nine times. He caught one pass for 41 yards, and he scored a touchdown on that play. But the fact that he only caught one ball out of nine targets, first off, that should be your first red flag. Secondly, look at the Lions passing offense to anybody that wasn't named Amon Ross St. Brown last season. Detroit's Lions wide receivers, not named Amon Ross St. Brown, totaled 203 targets last year. That's all of them, like six guys. And Amon Ross St. Brown himself earned 146. So Amon Ra had 70% of the targets that six other wide receivers recorded last year. Kind of insane how much the wide receiver position funneled to one guy in that offense. So even if Williams earned half the target share of Amon Ross St. Brown, that's 73 targets. That's not an unreasonable number to reach, right? But the highest scoring wide receiver under 73 targets last season was Christian Watson, who finished his wide receiver 41. If you're thinking, well, yeah, Christian Watson was great last season. You got to remember, he only played in 10 games. So you're going to need a guy to be Christian Watson level great in 10 games to be, you know, a success in the 2023 season. Because, oh, did I mention that Jamison Williams is suspended for the first six games of this season? So you're hoping that to even be a top 40 wide receiver, he would have to be Christian Watson great for the last 10 games. Well, 11 games, I guess. And he would have to steal some work away from Amon Ross St. Brown in that passing offense. And, oh, by the way, the Lions brought back Marvin Jones Jr. in the offseason, who is no slouch at the wide receiver position. So you got a guy who not only is going to be playing 11 games, not only is coming off of an ACL tear, not only has a super small, ineffective sample size in the NFL, but is competing for targets with one of the league's best target earners in Amon Ross St. Brown and another solid wideout, especially in the red zone in Marvin Jones Jr. I just think Jameis Williams checks a lot of boxes for me to stay away from him this year. Now, if you're the type of guy who likes to take late round flyers on guys who have high ceilings, then, I mean, you might want to give it a shot and hold on to him for six weeks and get zero points out of him and see if he can help you in the playoffs. But I'm just concerned that, you know, you're, you're kind of going to be hoping for him to save your season when he comes back, and I don't think he's going to be able to do that. So Jamison Williams is on the sell list for the 2023 season. 
Now, that wraps up the sell list episode at the wide receiver position for the 2023 season. There were some pretty hot takes on this one. So uh, if you like what you saw, please hit the like button. and Please subscribe on YouTube. You'll get the rest of our preseason fantasy football content as well as the rest of our weekly golf and college football content. Um, and if you're listening to the podcast on audio, please rate and review. It really helps me out a lot. I really do appreciate it. Now, I do have to show you guys one thing. So I'm now partnered with Sign Up Expert, and Sign Up Expert is – actually really cool. So what Sign Up Expert does is they will sync to your location and they will give you the best promo codes for any DFS player props um, sports book site that is available in your area. They'll automatically give you the best promo code. Uh, and if you use it off of my site, it shows me some support as well. So go to signupexpert.com slash Mike's Picks to take advantage of that if you're interested in joining any new sites. Lastly, if you want to see my full ranks, Head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And also check out on YouTube or on the channel feed my all 32 NFL team previews for the 2023 season. I have done 23 of 32 teams. I've pretty much talked about almost every player in the league. So if you're thinking, well, this guy wasn't on the buy list or on the sell list, what does Mike think of him? Find his team and check it out. Um, and that's pretty much it, y'all. Hopefully I was able to give you guys some information that will help you kill your drafts this year. Um, thank you guys for watching and listening. And I will see you next time when we're going to be talking about tight ends. Thank you.